You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M, and who are the five best players on A&M's roster after the bye week going into the second half of the season? I'm going to be breaking down my potential candidates and also the five guys who I do believe are the top players in this season right now. And also, we're going to talk a little bit about Ryan Tannehill. I feel like every single time I bring up Ryan Tannehill's name, Most people forget that he was a quarterback in College Station. And right now, there may not be a better pocket-passing quarterback. And I say pocket-passing because if you can't compare him and Russell Wilson, who's more of a dual-threat, outside-the-pocket guy, running an NFL team right now. As always, before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality-sounding podcast week in and week out. We are on five days a week. Give me a follow. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you don't want to hear, and I'll make sure to add it into the programming. Secondly, follow us at Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th Man-related content found here on LOP. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day, because every single day is a Locked on Podcast day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. Alright, so let's talk a little bit about Ryan Tannehill. Most people kind of wrote him off, and naturally so. I mean, you can't really say that there wasn't a reason when he left the likes of Miami. Now, the biggest thing is, People only blame good old Mr. Adam Gase. They should. I mean, no offense, they really should. Because of he regressed under Gase each season. Then again, there was also injuries. That just kind of plays a part into the life. But you look at what he's done since leaving South Beach. It's a whole new quarterback. I mean, let, let's just get this out of the way. Anything pre-Tennessee, pre-Arthur Smith, which is a big deal, by the way, and I'm going to bring that up later on when I talk about this, but pre-Arthur Smith, you kind of take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, Adam Gase, Brown to the playoffs. He also was injured that year, so he didn't even play. In this new system in Tennessee, he has been the catalyst of this offense being good. Now, I know a lot of people are like, but Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry has played better when you see Ryan Tannehill on the field. Marcus Mariota started the first, I believe it was six games of the year last year. If I'm not saying it was six games. Derrick Henry struggled in those six games. You switch to Tannehill, they go 7-3. and three. Derrick Henry boosts up his total yards per game, nearly doubles it per game, doubles almost his average yards per carry, and ends up winning the rushing title. Now, that's not a coincidence. Again, not saying that without Henry... You don't see a successful Tannehill. But on the flip side, do you see a successful Henry without Tannehill? Because Tannehill without Henry could be a possibility. Is it the same? Opposite. Looking into this season, he's picked up right where he's left off. He has over 1,300 passing yards and is leading this team to a 5-0 start as they face off against the Pittsburgh Steelers. His stats in the year, 1,368 passing yards, 13 touchdowns, 2 interceptions, 77 rushing yards, and 1 rushing touchdown. This was supposed to be a year after he signed a mega contract worth $122 million. Yep, all right, we know exactly what we're paying for. We know exactly what we're getting. 
nine and seven quarterback, gonna rely on the defense, gonna rely on everything kind of to work for him. No, he's making it work. Corey Davis, his number one receiver, has been inconsistent. AJ Brown, his true number one receiver, has missed games this past year. And he still is finding ways to break open downfield, find the end zone, keep drives alive, and pick up wins. That game against Buffalo, a lot of people are saying, oh, Josh Allen had a really bad game. Josh Allen actually had a pretty good game. It was a very good defensive showing from Tennessee. It was a better showing offensively from Ryan Tannehill. That was the game where I think we all could kind of sit here and go, oh, Josh Allen's an MVP conversation. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Nah. Nah, it's actually the other guy who's in the MVP conversation. And looking at it right now, I don't think that there is a quarterback who's done a better job of getting out there and leading his team. He's 11-3 and as a starter since taking over last season. He's thrown for over 3,000 yards. His touchdown-to-interception ratio is 31-6. to They're the fourth most offensive-efficient team in the NFL. Everyone looks towards Derrick Henry. But keep in mind, that Houston game, he went 30-41. He had over 350 passing yards, and he had four touchdowns himself. To get the win. Derrick Henry got the overtime rush. Yep, he got the 98-yard touchdown. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Ryan Tannehill is the reason they won that game. So let's start putting a little bit more respect around the name of Ryan Tannehill. Now, there are some guys out there, of course, who are going to be a little bit bigger. Aaron Rodgers having a good year. 13 touchdowns, 2 interceptions. He's on a team that is sitting at 4-1. and one, So they are a little depleted. But... He also went 13-0 on touchdown interception ratios before that game against Tampa Bay, who right now is perhaps the best defense. You have Patrick Mahomes, who's also going to be in that category, likely somewhere because of the passing offense, and that team's only going to get better with Le'Veon Bell. He has over 1,600 passing yards, almost 1,700 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, one interception in six games. And then you have Russell Wilson, who to me is the only player in the NFL right now who could beat the former Aggie. 1,502 passing yards, 19 touchdowns, 3 interceptions, plus over 150 rushing yards on the time. The guy has never had an MVP vote, and he has 19 touchdowns in his first five games. He needs four more to beat Peyton Manning's record for the most in a six-game contest with 22. He also has the highest passer rating in the NFL at 129.8, the highest touchdown percentage at 11.2, and ranks second in completion rating at 72.8. Tannehill is in spitting distance of all of them. He's third in rating behind Derek Carr, who's having a great year. Let's just be real. Derek Carr's having a really good year. But there's not much of a difference after that. Then you look at him in completion rating. He has a 69.9, which is sixth in the NFL behind Ryan Fitzpatrick, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, and Derek Carr. Again, Carr also only has 11 touchdowns on the year, one interception. Russell Wilson has been sacked 15 times. Tannehill's been sacked a grand total of five. All those things matter. I look at how the way Ryan Tannehill's playing. And I think you can make an argument with a lot of different players that quarterback is the most important position. To me, 
Mariota's on this team, they're 0 5. Even with Derrick Henry, because you gotta just remember, Mariota would have to have thrown as many touchdowns. I don't think he does that in five games. The offensive efficiency and third down efficiency would be depleted. And you would just be relying on what Derrick Henry's done, who ranks number two in rushing yards going into week six. Outside of Russell Wilson, and this is the only argument I want to hear right now. Outside of Russell Wilson, Tannehill is the MVP. Through six games, Tannehill is the MVP. He is more important to Tennessee than Derrick Henry is. He's more important to Tennessee than some of the defenders are. He's more important to Tennessee than even, I would say, Mike Vrabel is. Arthur Smith becomes the head coach of that team. They still are in competence. You lose Tannehill, you're looking at a 2-4 and four record. You lose to Houston. You lose to Buffalo. You likely lose to Pittsburgh on Saturday, on Sunday. With Tannehill, there's a very good shot. You're starting the season off 6-0, and and if not gaining the respect as the number one team in the nation, you are at least a top three team in the league. So, many of you listen to this podcast, and you probably wonder, what does Cole do outside of this? Well, I work multiple jobs on top of doing coverage for A&M, and even on my off days, I like to just go play golf or do something and be active. And when that happens, I need to be able to have some energy to stay afloat throughout the day. That's why I recommend using Built Go from the makers of Built Bar. Built, Built Go is a healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy is not fake because it's lasting and natural. Whether it's mental or physical wall that you need to break through, do it with a Built Go every day. They're easy to take in 1.5 ounce packages. You can put them in your golf bag, put them in your pocket throughout the day. They are a best for a workout gel on the market because they're much like a five-hour energy without the same crashing feeling. Plus, it's natural collagen that's put into your body. And the collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into your system so much faster, and it's a lot easier on your stomach. It's loaded with good stuff to ignite your work, such as beta-alene, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Plus, it has all the daily vitamins of B6, B12, 10,000% of your daily percentage. Collagen promotes joint, soft issue, uh, tissue, hair, and skin health, and it really makes you look and feel so much better. Go visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCK to get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCK for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Stop crashing throughout your day and keep your body moving with Built Go. Let's go. Guys, like most of you, I always feel like my body maybe is on. Now, what I mean by on is just it never really stops and I never have a moment to take a break and chill. So when I do sit that reset button, I like to grab an ice cold beverage. And the one that I always recommend is Coors Light. Coors Light is mountain cold refreshment made to chill because it's cold lagered, cold filtered, cold packaging, literally made to chill. Cold, kind of like my name, is cold. So it's a really good point. I always grab an ice cold beer when I get off of work and I always reach for a Coors Light because I know it's going to be cold, refreshing, and cool as the Rocky Mountains. Now, Coors Light is the beer I choose when I need to unwind and it should be the one that you choose. So when you want to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that's literally made to chill from the likes of Golden Colorado at the Coors Brewing Company. Get Coors Light and their new delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. And remember, celebrate responsibly. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. 
Do you love quality podcasts around your favorite sports teams? If so, why not listen to a Locked On podcast? That's right, the Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the MLB, NHL, NBA, NFL, and highlight information to get you geared up and win your fantasy football league every single week. The only way you can do that is by subscribing on iTunes, subscribing on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, at least listen live every single day, because every single day, as you know, it is a Locked On Podcast Day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. Texas A&M has started their year off on the right note, sitting at 3-1 and one with the top five victory over Florida, a close enough game, against, I guess, against Alabama, and two quality victories over Vanderbilt and Mississippi State. It's not about how you start, it's about how you finish, and with six more games left, the Aggies have a chance to go 9-1 and one and stay right in the middle of contention for the college football playoff. But what matters is not always your weakest link. Because sometimes you're always going to have a bad outing. There's going to be at least one or two players who struggles. But your strong links are the ones that are going to make you seem like a viable threat week in and week out. And there's been five strong links this upcoming season for A&M. Let's break them down. Number five for me has got to be the emergence of DeMarvin Leal. Now, Leal's stat line is not going to be one that makes everyone jump for joy or freak out, but, you know, he does have at least some quality numbers right now, and that would be 11 total tackles on the year, one sack, but it's this. It's two pass deflections, it's an interception that was returned for 43 yards and a fumble recovery. What you can do with Leal is something you can't do with a lot of other players on this Aggies defensive line, and that's you can play him anywhere. You want to play him as the nine technique? Go for it. I think that would 100% would work. You want to play him as a three technique? He can bull rush. He can get upfield really fast and add pressure to a backfield. You want to play him specifically against the run? He'll shuck and shimmy his way into a backfield to stop a running back in his tracks. You can literally line him up on all four positions of that defensive line and he will be successful. There's not many players in the SEC in general who you can do that to. You have a six foot five, two hundred and eighty-five pound target who moves like a two forty. He can win off the edge. He can win in the trenches. He can win with his hands. He can win with his legs. He can win with his upper body. And he's only getting better. I mean, AM for so long has wanted a player just like this. And they have one. This might be the best defensive player we've seen since Miles Garrett. I don't know if he will go number one. I don't know if he'll go in the second or third round even if he decides to declare for the NFL draft next year. But there's so much talent that Leal has that he's just tapping into this early. It's going to be really interesting to see where he goes with this. Number two for me, and this is kind of a uh, shocking one. I think a lot of people would. But I'm going to go with Chase Lane. Chase Lane really stepped up last week. And and this is why I put him on this list. It's because of last week alone, he did such a good job acting like the number one target where you look at every other player and they're, they're not doing bad. They're just not doing anything special. On the year, he's right behind a guy who's going to be listed on this list with 222 yards, averaging 13.9 yards per catch, and he's second on the team in receiving touchdowns with two. Caleb Chapman was likely going to be your number one target, and deservingly so. I mean, you look at what Chapman can do. 
He's a six foot five outside player who does a great job winning those 50-50 contested catches. Chase Lane's a lot smaller. He's not that big. He's what is he? 5'11", 6 foot. He yeah, he he moves quick. He's not really fast, but yet he's had success over the season. Last game, two catches, 70 yards, including that 51-yard touchdown. Sometimes it just takes a couple big plays for you to be successful. And ultimately, that touchdown was part of the reason AM was able to hold on to that victory. So you got to give a lot of credit there. Kenny can continue to develop as the number one target. He's playing that Z role, very similar to what Courtney Davis played last year. And Davis was targeted over 50 times. Right now, you're looking at a guy who has 16 catches on the year off of 21 targets. So he has a high catch rate, a second on the team in touchdowns. I want to see him continue to develop this way, but if he does, you're looking at a dude who likely is going to be emerging as your number one target in 2021. Three more names to break through before we close out this week, this ultimate bye week, and then start prepping for the likes of Arkansas. Who are they? I can give you a hint. It's a one-two combination that was mentioned way at the very beginning of the show. Don't go there. We'll be breaking down who in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. We're talking to drivers. We're talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast here on LOP. Make sure that you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. And subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and listen live at LockedOnPodcast.com. So I think DeMarvin Leal and Chase Lane, two very young players, have emerged as quality overall pieces to A&M success. Who are the top three? Three is Anaya Smith. Honestly, I could put him one, and I'd be okay with that. But I'll put him at three right now. What Anaya Smith has done as not just a uh, a running back, but as a receiver, he's right up there in total yards. In fact, he's like two yards behind Isaiah Spiller in total offensive yards this season. 155 rushing yards, averaging 5.2 yards per carry, 17 receptions for 223 yards, averaging 13.1 yards per catch, four total touchdowns. This is a guy who an NFL team is going to love. They can play him in the slot. They can play him in the backfield. Think of Antonio Gibson. That's a good name to put. Antonio Gibson of the Washington football team, played at Memphis last year, played this kind of role. Swiss Army Knife Switchblade would be effective as a pass catcher. A little bit smaller, so they played him in the backfield. Had good leg, good balance, was able to break out for a couple big runs here and there. Now he's in Washington as the lead back. Now, does that mean that Smith is going to have that same career? Probably not. In fact, I would say almost most definitely not. But what I can say is that Smith is developing into one of the more well-rounded players. You watch him. Every single game, he's effective. He's effective in the run game. And if he doesn't do that, he uses his hands. If his hands are slow that day, he's probably picking up a good 30 to 40 yards on the ground. Since week one, he has been Mr. Consistency. He was the best player on that AM side against the number two team in the nation. He was the only player that found consistent success against the Crimson Tide defense. He juked and jive and cut them up. So I got to give a lot of credit to Anaya Smith and what he's done there. 
Number two, I'm going to go with Isaiah Spiller. There's another guy who I want to mention, and I think right now I have to go with Spiller. Spiller is second in the SEC with 430 rushing yards. He has four touchdowns of the year, and he's averaged 6.7 yards per carry off 64 attempts. What Jimbo Fisher has finally done is allowed his running back to be a running back, number one, and number two, be an effective player as the leader of the offense. Kellen Mond is now just the conductor. He is telling people where to line up. He is telling people which way to lean. He is putting the ball in the hands of the people who are going to do the work after. Kevin Stefanski out in Cleveland has done this all season. When you force Baker Mayfield to throw consistently, it's a problem. When you allow him to throw 25 times a game, it's successful. Because you're relying so much on that run defense, I mean that rushing attack, to be good. And that's exactly what A&M has done. They have a 1-2 combination of players who is brute strength, good speed, quality hands, and can make defenders miss in the open field. As their 1-2 combination. And it's working. It's making A&M dangerous on offense. It's keeping them on the field a little bit longer. And that one drive, everyone knows the drive I'm talking about. It was in the second quarter against Mississippi State. They ate the clock. So you really had to see that air raid offense take off like that. Because if it didn't, they were not going to be able to get points. Because the clock was against them. Sometimes playing small ball works. And it's all based off the team that you have. But this team certainly needs to continue to play small ball. Because Isaiah Spiller is the second most impressive player I've seen this year. Finally, number one, gotta give it to him. Because unfortunately, I gave him so much crap at the very beginning of the year and I did not believe in him. I did not think that he was going to be anything special. It's got to be Michael Clemens. Clemens in his senior year has made more defensive stops, more quarterback pressures, more sacks, and more tackles for losses than he has in all of his other years combined through these four games. This is a guy who has three sacks on the year. Of AM's total nine sacks, he has a third of them. On top of that, he's one of the leaders in tackles. He's one of the top players when it comes to adding pressure off the edge. And he's really stepped up in a veteran leadership role. Without that pass deflection, DeMarvin Leal does not have his interception return for 43 yards. Without a pass deflection, you don't have that Damani Richardson play. Michael Clemens, a guy who I was not high on whatsoever, is impressing against the run, adding pressure against the pass, and is being effective in all areas of the field. When you look at a guy going into his final season who likely does not have a draft grade, likely is an undrafted free agent, a player who maybe is a fringe 7th rounder, which at that point is pretty much, if you really think about it, better to be an undrafted free agent because you get to decide where you go. He's at least boosted his stock into the conversation. I think that if he gets a chance to continue to develop, he can go to the Senior Bowl down in Mobile. In Mobile, he can show scouts hands-on what he can do, eventually get earning his way into the NFL Combine. All of that will be a beneficiary factor into helping make this kid one of the surprise talents 
of 2020. Not just in A&M, but in the SEC as a whole. He's really come on these last few weeks, and I'm very excited to see what he can do in the second half of A&M season. That's good over this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Subscribe to the podcast here on Locked on Aggies, on Spotify, on iTunes, and listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. We'll be back on Monday to break down early thoughts on the Arkansas game. How was the week five of the SEC, and where does A&M stand in the rankings now that Big Ten football is back? We'll be talking all that, and we'll see you then. And remember, welcome y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.